0: Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy.
1: Enemy deserve no mercy.
0: What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 56 of the No Mercy podcast. This is the NCAA round two edition. If you listen to the round one edition, I'm sure you slayed your bookmakers, including mybookie.ag, promo code GuruElite for a 50% deposit bonus. Rob, the alcoholic, uh, we got some nasty texts from the heads of my bookie the other day, didn't we?
2: Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was not happy with us.
2: And <laughs> Paulie burned him for like a 15 to 1 golf winner where he had like all of the guys on it.
0: Yeah, that was uh, it was not a good weekend for my MyBookie.ag if the uh, Elite Mafia subs were in there. I hit for 60 units this weekend, uh, from really from Wednesday to Sunday. Uh, and those are like half unit to really three unit plays. So not throwing in 20 unit plays like a lot of these scam artists do out there. Uh, we've been on fire. MLB Dream has been slaying the universe in ML- spring training. I think he's won his last eight, Rob, and we've been riding every one of them.
2: Yeah, it's been good.
0: I'm live from the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. I have the whole sportsbook betting spring training fucking baseball, so uh, you can tell how much that's going. And the best part of this podcast is we are joined by our newest Elite Mafia celebrity, Ye of Daily Wager, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN News, Preston Johnson, at SportsCheetah on Twitter. Cheetah, how you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good. How are you guys?
0: I'm great, man. I'm doing a podcast from a sportsbook, drinking beer, got $2,000 parlay in, I'm... Um, Living the dream right now, <laughs> there brother. <you> go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Listen, yeah. I, I'm on this Wichita State game, and I'm just try, I'm on the under here, and it's at 125 live. So I'm doing good too.
0: Yeah, I have a, I have a 1999 dollars parlay, which they seem to make all the parlays one dollar less um, to win twelve thousand five hundred on Wichita State money line and Creighton money line. So those of you listening will know whether I won or lost. Uh, my goal is just to get Wichita down, Cheetah. And then hedge out on Creighton because I'll have such line value there. I could hedge out for a no loss. So uh, what do you think my odds are? you like which on this game even though it's already over by the time anyone's listening?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I did in general. I've just been crushing NIT. Even late in conference tournament, they were good. Uh, no Langford for Indiana. I think, I think you're in a good spot. I, last time I looked, they were only down one about ten minutes in. So definitely They're up right five there. right now. Oh, they're up five. There you go. So is this
0: – let me ask you a question, Cheetah, because uh, Mike Constantino, uh, who you guys know. Uh, you met him through a bunch of other venues. But mm-hmm. Constantino and myself have been going to FanDuel Sportsbook pretty much every day. We just post up in the VIP in the corner. And I'm more of a better, right? Like, I try to do a lot of things pre-flop, get my decisions in before the game, and then I'll hedge out if I have a great opportunity, especially if it's on a parlay. Uh, Mike and a bunch of the other guys who are here, they're basically just waiting until the game goes live and then live betting it and playing the ups and downs on the money line and basically guaranteeing themselves – Three hundred to three thousand dollars on each side, no matter what happens. It's eighteen ten Wichita State right now, Cheetah. If you had a money line bet on Wichita State before the game at like plus one eighty or whatever it is, plus one seventy, would this be a point that you, as a professional better, would run to the window and then go hedge out with Indiana even or Indiana plus one ten or whatever the line might be right now?
1: I uh, know it, it would all depend on my philosophy or angle going in. If I thought Wichita State was going to win the game and I just wanted to have the value on the money line, I bet it, and I wouldn't do a thing. Uh, if I went into it thinking, hey, I think Wichita State could come out to a lead, and then I can play back at some point, if that was my entire reasoning for making the wager in the first mm-hmm. place, then sure, maybe I'd go up and, and grab Indiana now for at least a portion back to lock up a profit. But you know, it all depends, I think, ultimately on what your like process is, or what your decision is to even placing the bet in the first place. Uh, so for me, if I like Wichita, Wichita to win, I would just be leaving it. Uh, but a lot of times, like in game, I'll, I'll go in with the intention of trading. And like even Rob and like Frank and some of you guys have like made fun of me on Twitter before for taking it to like plus two fifty and then playing pick back. But like, I'll do it within like a few minutes. Um, but I, that right. was my that was my entire intention. So it depends, I think, on, on what you're going at. But uh, if you just liked Wichita to win this game, like I know you did anyways, you, you made that yeah. parlay. Just let it go, man. You're in a good spot and you have a really good number
0: i've gotten a little bit better rob you've seen it in the chat i've gotten a little better at least kind of when i have like the the third leg of a three-team parlay or something like that where i'm you know invested for a thousand dollars to win thirteen i i've at least gotten better at taking you know my base out right like going and putting 500 bucks the other way to at least cover my entry fee rob what's your take on any bets like this where you're getting two three four to one if you get a big money line advantage early in the game
2: I mean, I probably leave a lot on the table at times because if if my expected value is way over what my hedge is, I'm not going to go take the hedge just to go lock in a profit. Um, you know, I can't argue against it. But, you know, the one thing that Cheetah does probably as well, if not better than anybody I know, is he always... Grow you know, a I've fantastic seen, beard. Well, the beard, yes. that's pure sex. I mean, that goes without saying. <laughs> uh, but... He goes into a lot of situations saying, "Hey, if this team goes down ten, this is what I'm going to do." Right. Or and he has, he maps it out pre-game, and then you know if the situation arises, he takes the shot. If it doesn't, he just lays off. So he probably does that better than anyone.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'm more of I'm more of a feel guy. If I start to feel the game, like right now, I think they're up by like nine or something and about to shoot three free throws. So I'm not touching it right now. But if I start to feel the tide turn. And the wave change, at that point, I'll jump in the chat room and tell people, let's get out for a unit or two, Um, you know, just basically on watching a million games a year. So what was your take, Cheetah, on the first weekend of March Madness? Um, I had a fantastic weekend. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Had a couple bad beats. Still came out on top. But um, what was your take on everything?
1: Did you parlay all the favorites in round of 32? I parlayed a lot, of them. <laughs> a lot of them. There you go. It was a great them. week for you.
0: I had a lot of dogs in the first weekend, the first two games, and a lot of a lot of favorites yeah. in the last two.
1: Uh, no, that, I mean, I think that was the biggest takeaway as a whole. Everyone's talking about it. I don't think that had ever happened before where in the second round, every favorite won, and then a good portion I mm-hmm. were covering too. But uh, for me, I mean, that's still a generally small sample. You can't really take anything from it. Uh, you haven't really seen a huge reaction in the market in the Sweet 16 because of that either. Uh, there's not like a ton of value on dogs from what I've seen. So, uh, for if anything, I think there's still a little bit of value on teams like uh, Gonzaga and in Virginia, and a, for you know a small extent at the current numbers. But um, yeah, there wasn't really a huge takeaway. Uh, pretty pretty fun weekend. I ended up a little bit ahead overall. I uh, Had a nice run of second half betting that uh, probably saved my 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 opening weekend more or less. But uh, yeah. It was fun.
0: It was good. M- MGM can't be too happy about that uh, under 11 and a half for total seeds. Oh, yeah. That, uh, I mean, I I'm fading all, Oregon
1: basically at this point. Right. Yeah.
0: Like I think all of Las Vegas hit it, and you're basically looking at one seed, in the one team in the whole entire Sweet 16 that's under a five seed, and that's Oregon plus they're a 12 seed, and I have plus 2,000 for Oregon to come out of this bracket. So that's another situation I have right now, 500 to win 10 grand trying to figure out if i should do a little little tiny hedge on that but for 500 bucks i'll just probably yolo that shit and say fuck it yeah let it go Um, yeah so any big surprises cheetah from you or anything you thought was bullshit anything notable i mean it it Uh, went pretty much to form right outside the first day or two we
1: talked about it even before where i think this was if there was ever a year to go chalk in brackets or just in general this was probably a good year to do it, and sure enough, we're sitting in a spot where there's really no Cinderella story. I don't think Oregon really counts. You know, I will say the surprising thing is that you know I thought Wofford had a chance to make a run, and I think it was evident they absolutely could have. And uh, Fletcher, that, Fletcher Was McGee, that game not fixed? It, it may have been. I don't know. <laughs> it could have, dude. Been. I, I've never
0: seen worse officiating than in that Kentucky if, Wofford The, the game.
1: foul call when they were down two was pretty weak, and Which you know, one? They get the ball there down two potentially a different story or maybe it's a one and one if they have they give up the rebound and have to fail but but Fletcher McGee going 0 for 12 and still being down two in the final minute is ridiculous so over 12 from three I should say so I mean like if they ran that game back Wofford's winning a good portion of the timeout right so it would have been fun to see them making a deeper run Um, that was probably the only thing surprising to me is I went into it hoping they'd make a run I knew that they could and I came out of it basically thinking that they probably were the better team since PJ Washington's out. And it was just, it was just really bad variance from three that they kept them out of it. So uh, overall, you know, it was, it was pretty much as expected though. I, I think uh, there's some matchups in the sweet 16 that are intriguing, but ultimately I still think favorites are more or less probably going to just keep moving on.
0: Well, me and you're going to be arguing all podcast. Good. Rob, you watched basketball all weekend. So you're actually uh, on par with Mm -hmm. us. Anything, uh, anything you took away from the weekend?
2: Well, I mean, I I talked about this in several spots, but um, the trouble that UCF gave Duke, and by the way, that was probably the best basketball game of the weekend for me, watching that Duke-UCF game. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I don't know if it was just a matchup thing or or what, but, you know, Duke seemed to really struggle there. Um, And my other takeaway from that game was is Zion really solidified himself as – probably the best college basketball player in the last 20 years. I mean, what he did down the stretch there to make that big shot and ultimately lead them the victory, although they, you know, had a bounce out bucket or two at the right. end there. But, um, you know, that was my big takeaway.
0: I was screaming to the whole sports book before that game. Cause everyone here had all, it seems like the Vandal sports book is loaded up with people doing 14 parlays with minus 400 favorites, right? Like that's the big $20,000 parlays minus 400 favorites. Um, and I was telling everyone, don't do Duke, guys. Please leave Duke out. Like, please, God. You know I'm <laughs> not high on. You know I'm not high on Gonzaga. I'm not high on Virginia. I'm not high on ten. Like any of those. But I was like, just don't do Duke. I'm fine with Virginia. I'm fine with the rest of them. It was just a bad matchup in my mind. I think they're in another bad matchup to kind of segue into this upcoming game with Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech kind of really makes you beat them from the three point line. From at least what I've watched this year. Cheetah, you might have dug into more analytics than I did, but. They like to clog the paint and make you shoot on them. So if you could bang threes, you could beat Virginia Tech easy. And I think this is going to be a tough matchup for Duke, and that was the problem with UCF. UCF's got the bigs down low. Even when Taco went out, the backup, I forget his name right now, um, I think is almost as talented, more talented, but almost as good for them as Taco is, and they just forced him to shoot. and Duke can't fucking shoot, Preston.
1: Yeah, it was actually the second half, it got to a, a level. we could talk, I could do the whole podcast on UCF Duke if we wanted to because I thought <laughs> there were so many things early on that dictated that game as little as like Taco Fall reaching after, I think, a turnover to even get his second foul, like 70 feet well, away Well, you knew there. they were
0: giving him two fouls in the first few so, minutes. So then
1: he has to, to go to the bench, but then they brought him in with two fouls with like seven-something left as the game started to get away. And I was like, okay. oh, this is great. Cause, so I'd actually live bet Duke minus seven and a half thinking he would be out the rest of the half. So I had to hurry him at the time. I was able to get plus 12 and a half back just, you know, when he entered the game again, but he comes in, but they only played two minutes. He left and then they gave up the lead. They actually didn't cover the first half because <laughs> Duke went on a 12, run to end it.
0: That was ridiculous. So, yeah.
1: so taco fall had. So I think he, the coaching and fall combined kind of blew this game because they never should have been down eight and half. And then the game, honestly, they probably win it. You know, if you take away all that other stuff at the end of the game, they still win anyway. So uh, for me, they, de- they definitely matched up perfectly. And we talked about just, rim protect, make them shoot threes. And in that second half, I know we, we went on a tangent, but they were daring Goldwire and, and Jones to shoot, just backing off them as far right. as they could. Just, and, and each of them made one, but I think it was like a combined two of seven or eight in that second half. And so, you know, I, I even, I think I made a tweet, like the dare Goldwire to shoot defense, whether UCF <laughs> or Duke, you know, no matter who wins this game, that like needs you to be set implemented the, you set going the, forward.
0: Yeah, 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 you set the you set the game plan for the next team, right?
1: Right. Hey, if it's if it's Zion or, or R.J. Barrett or Reddish, different story. You play up. But there are a couple guys on the court for Duke at all times. You're fine and just letting them live with shooting a three, even if it's open, which is amazing to me that guys just play basketball their whole lives and still can't like that open hit a three yeah. at, a, at a decent rate. Uh, but that's just where they're at right now. I will say in general, because I was digging it a little more, everyone talked about Duke was pretty lucky. Overall, I do this kind of uh, projected final score thing I worked on this season. Like, kind of, an, you know, you have the expected goals in hockey right. and soccer. And the expected points based on the shot distribution in this game was more like Duke 74, UCF 65. UCF shot 50% from three, which is well above their season average. They shot better from the free-throw line, uh, you know, a lot better than they would have normally. They were one of the worst free-throw shooting teams in the country this year. Um, so overall, as a whole, I actually think... They played over their head, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Duke actually was pretty unlucky based on the shooting performance from Central Florida. But everyone remembers they were super lucky with some foul calls and the way the ball bounced in the last minute or two. Uh, so I was hoping maybe get some value. Uh, the line's pretty spot on. I think I think it's fair with with Virginia Tech, seven or seven and a half. And I'll be passing, but it is a very similar setup where Duke's going to probably have to hit threes. Granted, I think Zion and RJ Barrett can get to the bucket a little bit easier against vatech Their rim protection isn't as elite. But overall, it might could just come down. If vatech hitting threes and Duke isn't, then they win this game outright.
0: Yeah, I mean, this isn't... I'm not super excited about the Votek bet, but I'm going to be taking Votek in the points. I'm definitely going to have some money on Votek on the money line, um, same way I did UCF on the money line for the game. Smash the points bet, but I, I think this is this is a lot closer than people think. I would have probably made this like a what would you make this Cheetah? four and a half five? I was thinking like this uh. seems like a like a fairly decent sized number. Um, if you're not as high on Duke, which I'm not seeing, seven and a half, seven on most books.
1: I'm eight I'm point 8.2 for what it's worth. Yeah, so see, I, I think it's I, fair, don't, right? I don't,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, I don't make my numbers based on the algorithms that you guys use. I make them on what my final. I will say, I mean, there's there's very limited
1: score. data on Justin Robinson's return. He didn't look great in the first game. Uh, I think he was better in their second one against Liberty. Uh, I, I, was it Liberty? Yeah, it was Liberty. So I think, I think there's maybe something there to where I'm undervaluing Vatek. Now that Justin Robinson's playing, he's coming off the bench, or at least he did in those two games. Uh, So I'm I'm a little more, I guess, uh, cautious if I'm betting a Duke or Virginia Tech game just because I think there's some kind of question marks with Justin Robinson's impact, and maybe it is a lot bigger or greater than I have made it so far. Um, So I'll just kind of sit back, wait and see, and and go from there if they move on.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a game. Last time these two teams played, Virginia Tech beat them 77-72. But keep in mind, I believe there was no Zion and no, Correct. no Robinson. Yeah. So you're missing both those guys. Obviously, we're going to weight that heavier towards Duke. Zion's a bigger loss for Duke than, than Robinson is for Virginia Tech. But uh, I like Virginia Tech in that one. You're going to be surprised, Sheeta. I think I have the dog on seven of the eight games that are coming oh, up. Wow. So nice. we're going to be on the other side. I bet you, Rob, I bet you, a, you
1: I'm on the favorite in the one. I, know. <laughs> the <dog. laughs> I, I bet
0: yeah. you're on the favorite on most of them here. <laughs> uh, Rob, you have a take on Duke? Anything I, you glean from it?
2: Yeah, I absolutely do. And I think Duke is vulnerable, and um, I do not, unfortunately, make numbers like Preston. But to me, to me, I think the value is on Duke here. I'm going to have Dukies um, on the spread um, going into this game. There's no doubt in my mind. So,
0: All right. So one of us will win and two of you guys will lose. So that ought to be okay. By the way, Wichita <laughs> State up nine. Again, it's already over by the time you're listening. You better fucking believe I'm going to brag about this game the whole way through if they win it. So I got the first-half money line and first-half spread.
2: I know, but they're pressing my total now, man. They've picked up the pace a little bit.
0: Uh, Mm. Sorry, I don't care about your money. I care about mine. So LSU-Michigan State is the next game in the East region. LSU has been my darling team. They're doing the same – I mean, I told everyone this team is way better than people are giving them credit for. Most people had them losing to Yale in the first round. It was their upset special. And then, obviously, there was a lot more money on Maryland than I thought there should be. They were up by like 15, 20 points in both of those games running out, and then they did the normal shit that LSU fucking does, and they start playing playground basketball, throwing around their back, getting lazy, not diving for balls, and a couple threes later, now all of a sudden we're at the end of the game where we have to realize the vulnerability of not having Wade there anymore. That's my biggest fear with LSU. I don't want them to come down to coaching. I want them to run out and run away and rely on their athleticism. So two games in a row where they could have lost those, at the end of the game, uh, snuck them both out. Michigan State here, I think this game's going to have a lot of pace to it. I think if you saw LSU-Michigan State in the past, you'd think low scoring. But I think this game's going to be pace up. I got LSU winning it again, Preston, and I know you're probably nice. not going to agree with me.
1: No, no, I do in this case. I, I, I was thinking you said you have seven out of eight dogs, and I was thinking the one favorite you like, I probably like the dog. We'll see. But the uh, in general, I think this is fine. I was looking at it originally. Uh, my number is 4.8, so it would be LSU or nothing. I, I usually want more than just one point of value to to really bet it. Um, but a, a friend of mine, or Matt Lindemann, for people that follow him, he works at Caesars. He made a really good point to me yesterday. Uh, he, he was comparing Michigan State's Big Ten schedule and how they kind of had an edge in athleticism against like Michigan, who they beat three times. Everyone Purdue. really everyone except one team. Then, the only comparable team, I think, to let LSU. Let me guess. Let me
0: guess. Let Go. me guess. Hold on i 'm um, just pulling up the big ten here, not michigan <laughs> uh, you 'll figure it out uh, it's is i 'm gonna go i 'm gonna go with a plus five hundred guess here, Indiana, yeah. And they beat them really? to ride his dogs twice. Yeah. They beat Michigan the only State both times.
1: And they're the only one that really compares. And LSU is even more athletic than both of these teams. So By I far. think there might be something with LSU. They were able to crash the glass. They are able to get to the free throw line. And there's a depth concern for Michigan State with uh, Arns, who got injured late in that Big Ten tournament game against Michigan. And just in general, like Ward's been injured earlier. If LSU gets them into foul trouble or, you know, they're just getting beat up down low, getting worn down, I think there there may be an issue for Sparty that finally arises in this tournament where it really never, you know, showed itself against Bradley or Minnesota. So I definitely lean LSU. My numbers, I would need plus six and a half to make a bet. So a plus six, I guess maybe a smaller play if you want to play the angle there. Uh, but for me, yeah, it's LSU or pass to the current number, uh, probably smaller edge. And then, uh, yeah, I-, I hope maybe I get a six and a half somehow. People remember LSU just kept blowing these leads against Yale and against Maryland. Maybe Smarty gets some money. So uh, I- I'm waiting it out, but I do like your side if you're leaning the Tigers too.
0: I will tell you the best bet on this game. Um, but I, didn't even, I wasn't even going to say it on the podcast, but it's just, I think it's my favorite bet of the whole next two days, Cheetah. Michigan State is a second-half team. Michigan State comes out slow, and then they pick up the pace in the second half. They usually come back from deficits. They fuck around. LSU is the polar opposite of that. LSU comes out and thumps teams early and lets them back into the game in the second half. Eliminates the coaching
1: concern, too. Exactly, exactly.
0: The first half LSU, I wrote it in the article already at Guru Elite. I said it last week to the subscribers. The biggest deficiency for LSU – is their coaching, and you don't need to worry about that in the first half of games. So I love the LSU first half, not to mention I think it's I think it's three and a half or four almost. I think it's three and a half in the first half, so uh, I love that one. Uh, just to give you some props, still live in our gambling package. Uh, I have Duke at four and a half to one still live, Tennessee at 25 to one, Auburn at 40 to one, Kentucky at 20 to one, Texas Tech at 33 to one. Those are all still live in the gambling package. So, By
2: the way, and Frankie's on uh, LSU plus six. I nice. think
0: that's the play, man. I, I don't see Michigan State running out on them. They're too athletic. So, uh, But I really like that first half uh, for LSU here. Uh, let's move on to – Rob, do you have any take on LSU-Michigan State? No, I
1: think
0: I'm, that was I'm, his I'm take. tailing Frank.
2: Yeah, all right. there you go. All
0: right. All right. <laughs> that was his take, Cheetah. Frank right. likes LSU. Frank yeah. likes LSU. Rob likes LSU. So I need. Uh, Gonzaga, Florida State, Cheetah. I'll let you go first. These are your, uh, these are your butt buddies here. So uh, go get it. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, I, we. I mean, I know you actually took the thirteen with them, got a good number, closed fourteen. And they were up twenty three or twenty five in the first half, and then they just slept, walked through the second half. So we should have probably covered. And even then, they they had two free throws to get to thirteen or fourteen at the end, and didn't even make. They went two for four down the stretch. So uh, I still think Gonzaga is really good. They're one of the best teams in the country. Uh, I, I will say this: people are going to, and like you, you're included on the last podcast, talk about Florida State beating them by fifteen last year, and this and that, and their athleticism. Um, I mean, last year they didn't have. Brandon Clark, who just scored thirty six, eight and three against Baylor, he had five blocks and two steals. He wasn't in that game. Uh, Killian Tilly, who's a career forty seven percent three point shooter, he wasn't in that game. The North Dakota transfer uh, Gino Crandall, I believe, he wasn't in that game. Uh that is way better; they're way deeper than they were a year ago. And so my projections, minus 8.3, uh, I, I think I've adjusted some for Florida State, even since the ACC tournament uh, where they were just starting to play better and they were getting the upset win over Virginia. And uh, I, I've, I've adjusted with them, and I still think it's a little short. At minus 7, there's a few out there. Maybe you'd consider Gonzaga there. I'd want probably 6.5 again in this case uh, for the favorite. But I won't be likely betting it, I don't think, either way. So it, it's a pass for now.
0: Uh, you know where I'm at. I'm sitting on the seven and a half. And, sheet. I think this goes up. Um, what, what do you, you think? I don't do I think, don't think so. Do you,
1: I think Florida State's no? a very, very popular underdog. And I think even the bet splits to I, this point. I saw something today was like 78%. And just think everyone that likes this underdog story, they see what happened last year in the Sweet 16. They beat Gonzaga by 15. Those guys don't really bet until Thursday morning anyways, maybe Wednesday night. So I, I still think we're going to see a lot of Florida State money or bets come in. If, if I had to guess... I would say we see seven again before we see eight, but you know, I'm not a perfect at predicting the market, but uh that's just my that's just my hunch.
0: No, it's you're right. It it's actually flipped. I was looking at it yesterday and it was seemed like a lot of Gonzaga money coming. Obviously the tickets are low at you know on Mondays and Tuesdays early right. in the week. But uh it looked like a lot of Gonzaga money. Now I'm seeing seventy five percent of the money is actually coming in on FSU. Uh breaking news right here on the No Mercy podcast. Tommy G has not only covered his Wichita, Wichita State first-half points, he has also covered the first-half money line. Wichita State goes into the half, up seven. We're cashing this motherfucker. Nice. So uh, I love FSU here, dude, obviously. Um, this is going to be the first time in a long time that Baylor, uh, that Gonzaga has actually had to play a good team. Uh, so I'm excited to see what happens here. The tournament, Gonzaga has had these mythical runs the last couple years. Where they just keep running into Baylor's and Failey Dickinson's, and the one team they played on their run to the finals was Iowa State, who shot twenty percent. Outside of that, they played eight seeds and nine seeds and fourteen seeds. Just a just a beautiful draw for them. FDU sucked. Baylor sucks. Florida State is good. So this is going to make or break about. Four months to three years of trash talk for me, Preston. I was going to say, will
1: will you even change your mind if they beat Florida State by 20? I have to. Yes,
0: I have to. If they go out (laughs) and thump Florida State, I will come on next week, Cheetah, and apologize to you publicly. There we go. And I'll say, I'm sorry. I'm a donkey. And Cheetah, you're a god. Which is way
2: better than money coming from Tommy G.
0: Right. And if they beat (laughs) Gonzaga, I don't need an apology from you because I'm going to have multiple cheetah dollars in my pocket from our <laughs> Final Four wager. So you can curse at me all you want. But uh, I, I really like Florida State in this one. It's just uh, my anti-Gonzaga bias. Rob, who's winning this? Gonzaga, Florida. Gonzaga,
2: the Zags. I, I've got the Zags going all the way to the Final Four.
0: Uh, fuck you. All right, next game. Texas Tech, <laughs> Michigan. This is an interesting one here. Obviously, you know I'm rolling around with my Texas Tech hat. Um, I got Texas Tech in the Final Four. I'll be the first to say it. I was considering Florida State. I was considering Texas Tech. I just thought there was a higher probability of Gonzaga knocking off Florida State than Texas Tech losing to a Michigan or a Nevada or whoever I saw them facing. I just don't think this Michigan team is that great. I mean, Texas Tech has holes. They have flaws. But, I mean, I think Texas Tech should be favored in this game. Give give me two points in this. Seems like like free money to me. I don't know. I, I don't think Michigan wins this game.
1: Uh, so at
0: least free value, not free money. Free sure. value. I don't think they're plus two.
1: I, my my number is Michigan minus one point two. The, the difference is for me is twofold. But I'll talk about the similarities. Uh, for people that don't know, they're the number one and number two defense in adjusted mm-hmm. defensive efficiency in the entire country. Uh, they both play really slow. TTU, Texas Tech, two hundred fifty ninth in pace. Michigan, three hundred forty first. This is gonna be a very slow game. So for me, in these types of situations. Um, you know, it, it, The edge then is going to be who's better offensively, which Michigan was this season slightly. And then if it is close down the stretch, very slow game, who can maximize a couple possessions here or there. And Beeline's a much better coach. I don't know if there's anybody... I'd rather have late in the game that's close in college basketball than John Beeline. He's a wizard. So I anticipate kind of like him being the difference maker if it's close. I think Texas Tech needs to jump out to a lead early. Uh, so for me, I think that's why I have the edge going to Michigan. Um, so it's a pass for me, uh, but I did bet under 126.5 and 126. Uh, my projections like 123. That seems, yeah, right? So. Like
0: I would imagine. That's, that's the play, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's the best bet in this game.
0: Yeah. What do you think of Beard? Because you said he's significantly better. I don't think... Oh uh, No, he, I
1: mean, he's still great. I mean, he I made a run last
0: year to the Elite yeah, Eight. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Where would you put him? Top 10? Top 15?
1: Uh, probably not top 10. I mean, he, I mean, if he did this for five more years in a row, it's possible. Um, yeah, I'll tell you this. I, not, better than Coach I'm not Dan. discrediting him. I really just think there might not be someone other than Beeline that I would take late in right, the game. Right. If I if I had right. that choice. So the drop off from Beeline to anyone else essentially is I guess what I'm measuring. But yeah, Beard's definitely like top twenty, I would say, and maybe fifteen, yeah. maybe ten if yeah. he does this five more years in a row, yeah.
0: Yeah, I like Beard. Um yeah, but I'm with you, man. When we had, we both had the seventy five to one Michigan prop last year together without yeah. even talking to each other. <laughs> we both sent screenshots back and forth showing it. I think you even got like ninety to one or some shit. But uh yeah, one of the big things we said is, you know, you got to love this team. Obviously, they had Wagner last year, and Beeline was the big thing me and you were talking about. What's that, Rob? Oh, this is Rob mumbling. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, obviously you love Beeline in spots like this. The under looks like a pretty good play. I haven't bet too many totals uh, in the hoops here, but I'm going to go with Texas Tech. Um, if you were forced to lean aside you said you'd lean Michigan, right? I no would lean confident. Michigan
1: but I will let it be known. I bet Texas Tech, like you said, uh, you mentioned thirty three to one. I got thirty to one we like have, a month ago. Yeah, we have. I'm rooting for the Red Raiders, so I'm torn. I just if I had to make a bet like today, it it sucks that Michigan couldn't get upset or something. So Texas right. Tech's in a better spot, but Michigan's just slightly better for me. So I would I would have to take Wolverine's but I'm rooting for the Red Raiders for sure.
0: I am I am with you. I got the same thirty three to one prop in. Houston, Kentucky in the Midwest. Um, Washington's not going to play, is he? I, I, people are saying he's questionable. Is he going to play? I don't think. I don't think so. No. So wh- where do you where do you set this then, Kentucky, Houston?
1: Yeah. Well, we talked about you know I thought the Abilene Christian game was kind of uh a, a everyone else rose to the occasion game, and in general this season when PJ Washington has struggled to score. You know, I think it was against Vanderbilt and Arkansas at home. Kentucky almost lost outright uh, right. when he was in foul trouble against Tennessee the second time they got smashed. Their offense, and we saw it even against Wofford, it really struggles when he's not on the floor. And the Abilene-Christian game, I mean, that's still Abilene-Christian, right? So Wofford's a different beast. Houston's obviously a different beast. So for me, my number came in a couple points lower. And at one thirty-five and a half, one thirty-five 135 out there, maybe started going down to 134.5. I still think that's okay to bet. That would be my cutoff. But I bet under, these are still two top 12 teams in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. Uh, they're 267 and 274 in pace, so generally below average in pace. And, you know, Kentucky, you saw them lock up. I think they realized, like, hey, granted, Fletcher McGee missed 12 threes, but I think nine or ten of them were contested. Uh, I would say yeah, I would
0: say about a fair number is about eight, maybe nine of those were, were tough shots. Now, keep in mind, that's yeah. all he does is hit. Right, he away, makes them anyways breaks. a lot of the time. Right. So, sure. But, yeah, no, like six of those, I would say were as contested as he could be all year
1: yeah they turned it on and and they did it defensively and they were able to get out with a win because they held wofford way below their season average i think houston's offense actually has been struggling the last two weeks just overall maybe coincidence maybe you know strength of their opponents but if they're off i mean i just think this is an under game and so i took it the number said it was too high anyway and i will say if pj washington does play obviously don't like it as much hopefully i can just buy some back or something but for now i'm assuming uh, you know, this is probably a guy that's gonna be out because he's questionable and no one there's not been a single report like he's gonna start trying to work out on it or, or walk on it. Yeah. Like he's just still in a boot. Like I just don't see it happening. So I'll be watching I don't think the game's till Friday. Uh but anyway I like I do like under for now if people want to jump in.
0: I don't I don't hate that. I don't have a strong feel on this. I did lock in Kentucky. Um I'm I guess I'm a little lower on Houston than the field. I think everyone thinks they're a little bit better than I personally think they'll do. I wish Washington was going to play. Even if he was going to play 10, 15 minutes, it would make me a lot more confident in Kentucky. Sure, uh, sure. I just don't think he's going to see the court. I do, though. I think Wofford is significantly better than Houston. I don't know what your take is on that, Cheetah, but I, 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 even though Wofford's a 7 and Houston's a 3, I, if that game was played on a neutral court and it was a pick I would bet my entire life savings on Wofford.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be pick 'em. You'd be getting points for sure. I could right. Tell that's you. what I'm
0: saying. Even if it was a pick yeah. pick 'em, I'd bet my entire life savings on it. Like I think they're a far better team, and we'd probably be getting what four and a half.
1: Yep, four four and a half probably. Yep. So I mean, yep. Houston they've graded out to be a better team this season, uh, but they also the matchup there would have been. I mean, this is a hypothetical game now, but like Houston mm-hmm. gives up some of the most three pointers in the country per game, and right. I actually have some some data I was reading last week. That you talk about like teams that give up open threes, uh, you know, those are more or less luck at that point, right. whether they go in or not. And Houston was one of the luckiest teams this season where their opponents all made a very, very, very below average amount of wide open threes where they really had no you know, control over if they were going in or not. Right. So if there's ever regression and Houston does give up a lot of threes, you know, a team like Wofford maybe would have just absolutely destroyed them in that regard. And maybe because you know, what, what hurts I think in this matchup, particularly with Kentucky is they don't shoot a lot of threes. They try to get inside. So if Houston's giving them threes, Kentucky doesn't shoot them well. Maybe hero has to have a big game to pull this out without Washington. So I actually think the matchup kind of favors Houston in this one too, but had it been Wofford? Yeah, I agree. I think Wofford would have been a team that could have just lit them up.
0: Yeah. Rob, you got to take on this Kentucky Houston
2: yeah, I do. I, I, I'm i all in Kentucky on this game. Um, I'm taking, is it laying two? I think. I think I laid two this don't morning. Don't lay
0: two. Buy, take the money line. It's the madness. You don't lay two. It's
1: two and a half of spots, but yeah. If you take two, the money line. Good. Money line, everything. Everything's,
0: no. If the money line's too high, we parlay it. That's how the madness works, Robert.
2: Well. As somebody not sitting in the FanDuel Sportsbook right now, just <laughs> on, his, on his
0: sixth beer, <laughs> tilting, just, tilting a Wichita State game and a Milwaukee Brewers spring training game.
2: <laughs> have the Brewers scored yet? I, I lost track. No, nothing, nothing.
0: We're still good, brother. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, no, I way, think Kentucky I gets bet, the job t- done. I also have another bet, Rob. Toronto Raptors first quarter and game.
2: No, is no, there... no, 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 no. No NBA for me. It is too late in the season.
0: <laughs> so uh, so you think They're Kentucky gets it done? Yeah.
1: Oh, are they? Twenty-one thirteen. I, two and a half minutes left. Good luck. Hell yeah! I found what I'm point. worried
2: about is this Wichita State total. They came out and hung seventy-five on the second half. <sighs> uh, <that's
1: gonna laughs> he really bad. is struggling. What are you? You're sitting like you're still like eight and a half ahead.
2: Yeah, I got one thirty-eight and a half. Yeah, you're all right. Um, yeah, you're okay.
0: Don't worry, you'll survive. Let's get to the big one here. This one, I feel like, is the most volatile game. Of the weekend. I could see this going 15 different ways. Uh, Auburn, Preston, me and you talked about it. Episode 55. Both said we had Auburn going through the first weekend. We had them thumping Kansas. We had them beating New Mexico State. The New Mexico State game. Don't let that box score fool you. They beat the shit out of them. And then just. They basically had epilepsy. In the last (laughs) three minutes of the game. Like I I don't even know what. 30 seconds of the game. I don't even know what the fuck happened. But this is a really good basketball team. Who's going up against Carolina? Who, if they're missing their threes, that's the worst thing you could do against Carolina because long rebounds lead to runouts. If they're making this thre- their threes, this game could be fucking fun, dude.
1: Yeah, it's really high variance. You nailed it. Uh, it's, I, I was writing about it for ESPN actually today, and I just said there's like absolutely no way I could bet this game uh, just it's for so that hard. sake. <laughs> the numbers are really close, anyways. So, I mean, I'm just letting my futures ride. I have 80 to 1 to 1 at all, but I also have 11 to 1 in the region. So. I, I I'm not hedging or anything. I think they have a great chance again. If they're making threes again, like against Kansas they were thirteen for thirty. I think they were 12 of 31 against Mexico State, not quite as good, um, but 13 for 30 should get it done, and then the other thing is they're just elite, they're the number one turnover rate in the country, and both games I think they were plus nine in turnover, so even when the threes aren't falling, they're creating a lot of extra possessions versus most of their opponents Now North Carolina doesn't really take care of the ball at a really you know high rate uh, so they might be turning it over, but they do get a lot of offensive rebounds against a lot of their uh, opponents, Auburn defends and, and, and you know can rebound fairly well, so if they can mitigate that some, I, I think Auburn in the end, again, will come down to if they're making threes or not. But if they're missing them, I, I still I don't count them out completely. So maybe less variance than you're anticipating. I would be surprised if North Carolina just you know, ran, ran away with it 1 by 20 because I think Auburn does a lot of other things outside of making threes that make them a legitimate top 10 to 12 team.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of those games, man, where if you like live betting and I'm spending the whole next five days straight at the FanDuel Sportsbook, so if you're here, pop up and say hi. Preston I think this is the dream game if you're a live better if you don't like betting pre-flop and you want to wait for something to go live you could see 10 15 point leads just evaporate in a minute and a half you could be probably looking at a situation where you could get Auburn starts off hot up 12-2 and you're getting Carolina at you know plus 180 and then all of a sudden five minutes later you're getting Auburn at plus 350 and you just win no matter what happens right
1: yeah, you actually saw a little bit of it against Washington. I think North Carolina jumped out to a big lead late in the mm-hmm. first half. Washington came back and cut it to six or eight. And at halftime, you could get UNC actually bet minus four second half, uh, which was an adjusted minus twelve. And then you know, they ended up winning by twenty something. So yeah, North Carolina games will be very up and down, and especially now you have an Auburn team that will shoot at least thirty threes. My guess, Bob, uh, mm-hmm. that's very low probably. That's conservative. It might even get to forty with the amount of possessions we're going to see.
0: I would would say 40. I would take the over on 39.5 on that one. Rob, you got a feel on this, North Carolina-Auburn?
2: Yeah, I just think if if Auburn is willing to chuck it like that and the pace of play that UNC plays with, I like UNC in this game. Um, I've got Auburn moving on in several of my brackets, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm on UNC now, and um, I think they get the job done here, and I think they get the job done the next round too, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean they're going to be playing possibly a wounded Kentucky team or Houston, who I think they uh, they have a good shot of advancing. I think this is their toughest test. So for those of us who had Kentucky, not I mean uh, North Carolina, not in the Final Four, uh, this is a big this is a big game for us. Can you
2: bet of, these teams to still make it out of the region? Gita, oh, yeah. Is that yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Are
0: you sure. curious you know, we'll about do. a number? I could pull. What's it that up. What's that play? I can pull it what? up too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what does who pay
2: Auburn? UNC to make it out of that region.
1: Oh, just to advance. Uh, region winners. Plus South 125. Region, region. Yeah, I think Fan-
2: I'm going to go bet that.
0: Vandals posting 115. Uh, looks like consensus is about 120, 125 uh, everywhere. Kentucky 230, Auburn 440, Houston 500. Hmm. Anything you like there, Cheetah? Uh,
1: no, actually I actually went through all the regions. For ESPN, we were going to maybe do a regions that have value piece and literally all 16 there was no value versus the westgate line uh gonzaga was close at minus 120 i think it was so uh you know but it wasn't even an edge it was like basically break even so i didn't even bet a single one just let auburn ride and then my gonzaga one from before too
0: yeah i mean we dude our our futures were i mean this was again two years in a row where i mean i have lsu at 12 (laughs) to one to make the final four so no read reason to touch that but you know, to have five, I put in eight preseason props. Five of them are still alive, and I think three the four of them are favorites. Nice. And then the region props, every single region has at least two teams except the South, where I just have Oregon uh, 2001. So I'm not touching any of these. But uh, I'm but holding
2: I'm Texas Tech and UVA. That's what I'm holding from pre-tournament.
0: Yeah, me and Cheetah on Texas Tech too, for sure. And UVA, right? You are, and I'm not. Yeah, I have some
1: UVA. I bet it before the season at a, a lot better number. Yeah. So I won't even, yeah.
0: Let's go. Purdue, Tennessee. Um, This is similar to Auburn, North Carolina for me in a totally different way, if that makes sense. So Auburn, North Carolina is a game that I'm really nervous about putting money down because I feel like this could be just a fucking runaway. Either way, I'm probably the only person in America that thinks I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn was up 15 at the half or North Carolina was up 15. This Purdue, Tennessee team game, it's kind of the same fucking thing where it's like. I think the line's right. I think this should be one-point spread either way or pick them somewhere in that park, which it is. And it's just which fucking team shows up. I mean, we've seen Tennessee. The Iowa game was the perfect example. I had Iowa money line. I had Iowa with the points. I had Iowa all over the place. First half, it looked like Tennessee was going to win the national championship. Second half, it looked like they should have been in the NIT. And that's been their thing the whole entire year. I mean, you're talking about a team that beat fucking Colgate by seven in the first round. So, is Carson Edwards going to show up, and which Tennessee team is going to show up, Cheetah? Because if you can give me the answer to one of those two things, sure, I'll max bet it.
1: I'll will tell you. I can I can give you an answer. This is the only side I've actually bet so far, for what it's worth. Um, can, will which Carson Edwards will show up? Let's start with that. Carson Edwards from the Villanova game. He made nine three pointers. He broke the record for three-pointers in a game, which he had tied with eight before with a few other players. He scored 42 <laughs> in the game as the most points in a tournament game since 2004 when Gary McNamara scored 43. It was the most points ever scored in a game against a defending champion. So if if that Carson Edwards shows up, absolutely, they're going to win again. Dad, like, but that is, it's just such an unlikely occurrence. He, he set multiple records. So if he does that again, so be it. Which Tennessee team is going to show up? I personally think Tennessee is a better team. Anyway, I have this minus 2.5. I bet pick and minus 1. Nice. So I think that the, there is an edge there. But you look at Tennessee, I think the reason there's an edge is because of what Purdue did. Because even as a team, they were a 16 of 30 from 3 against Villanova. But Tennessee, they blew a 25-point lead to Iowa. And they almost lost. It went to overtime. They salvaged it. But I think the reaction here is, hey, no one even thought Iowa was very good entering the tournament. I know I had said that they were one of my higher double-digit seeds with a shot to make the Sweet 16. They almost did it, but the Vols are still the better team. They're better inside and in the post where Purdue defends. That's their weakness. Their second weakness is defending in transition, which Tennessee has the athleticism to go up and down. I think everything matches up and lines up for the Vols. If Carson Edwards scores forty again, then yes, they're going to win the game. But I just think it's very unlikely it's going to happen. Way less than it does. Uh, give me ten I don't man, I, to, like it. I don't think he. I don't think he needs to score forty. I think sure, but he, I mean he, they'll win if he scores thirty plus more often. Yeah, that's than the not, thing. Yeah, if if, if,
0: but, if he's just Carson Edwards, because I I felt like he was hurt, Cheetah. He's like, very that's Russell
1: Westbrookian. Like he had those right. games for a while where he shot twenty percent for like three. Same weeks with straight. Howard on yes. Marquette,
0: right? Like these guys are. You know, come and go like all of a sudden. He can shoot them out of the
1: game and they lose by double digits easy, too.
0: 100%. Sometimes they're better off putting them on the bench. I say it every time Purdue's (laughs) playing. When he gets in that mode, sit him down for five minutes. Let him run the offense again. But uh, yeah, I I think Carson Edwards was hurt for a good portion of the end of the season. We know he had some back issues and he had some stiffness and stuff. That's true. He did miss, I
1: think, one game for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think that was lingering a little bit. And to me, it looked like this weekend, last weekend, he just looked like the guy from midseason, so I'm banking on the fact that he's healthy now. I want, I want Tennessee out. I want Virginia out. I want Gonzaga out. This is the first time all three <laughs> of these teams are playing a decent team, and uh, I got Purdue. Uh, maybe a little bias here, but I got Purdue. Rob,
2: I'm just like the chalk donkey here because I'm a, I'm on Tennessee
0: because you're you are a fucking donkey. Thank you. Sir. I am. Sarah, you want to say hi on the podcast? Come here. Say hi to Rob. Say hi to Rob. Hello. Hello. That's Sarah, guys. She's the best waitress in the sports book. Great comments. All right. Hi, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. What do you want? Fucking tape delay? (laughs) Say hi. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Rob and Cheetah see a girl. They freeze the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking guys. All right. Let's go Virginia, Oregon here. So uh, Cheetah. Yeah. The floor is yours.
1: Okay, uh, no play for me. I think under is (laughs) really close to a play, but the market the last few games on Oregon totals was higher than where I would have anticipated, and I actually jumped in and bet under 127 in the Irvine-Oregon game, uh, like right before tip, for a smaller amount, just because that was kind of where my buy point was. And sure enough, uh, they scored 60 in the last 13 minutes of an Irvine-Oregon game to push. So I I didn't win that bet somehow, but uh, I'm kind of playing it cool because that number just kept climbing all Saturday, Sunday. Uh, maybe we we'll get 120, maybe we we'll get 120 and a half. I'm just playing patiently. Uh, I think the spread's pretty close. I've made some good adjustments for the Ducks. Uh, wh- one thing that came up, I'll, I'll say this, which I thought was an interesting point. It came up on the show that we did yesterday, but we, they had a guy on that has a model who said out of 1,400 bets the model would have taken this season, his biggest edge of the entire season is Virginia versus Oregon, and he had a Virginia more like 15, and he was talking about how data from December, they weigh very similarly to data from February or March, but I think Oregon and what Doug on the show was trying to throw back was, hey, they've had some lineup adjustments they're obviously playing way better now than they were before. And, and I agree. I think that this is a unique situation with Oregon, who prepared all offseason to play with Bulbul, who's going to probably be a lottery uh-huh. pick in the NBA draft. They play the early season with him. He gets hurt. I think he tried to come back and play a little bit. They decided, hey, let's just call it a day. And they had to regroup. They had to figure out how they were going to play basketball. Yeah, and they've done a fantastic job, but that takes time. So for me, I have Oregon rated just my sheer power ratings, like four points better since January now. And I think it is re- relevant to at least way the more recent Oregon data more than you would in December for sure with a completely different you know rotation and everything so for me I've adjusted it big time I think nine's my fair number eight and a half now it moved up it opened seven and a half a few spots in Vegas it's moved up closer to where I would had it um, but I'm staying away unless this uh total gets up just a little bit higher I'll, I'll be on under if that's the case
0: I mean we know I'm an Oregon mark um I was watching them obviously with Bowl Bowl and without Bowl Bowl and uh the reason we took the plus 440 on the to win the Pac-12 when I think everyone had a different team. You know, I was in the book that day, and everyone was on, you know, it was Utah, there was USC, there was Washington, it was everyone. I didn't hear one person say Oregon. And I was like, I think this team is good. And they ran through the Pac-12. I was a little nervous about that, them having to play six games over like an eight- or nine-day span. I mean, they walked in as a 12 seed to Wisconsin, and I told everyone that Oregon should be favored in this game and just beat the living shit out of Wisconsin in that game. Then walked into the darling UC Irvine team with their vaunted defense and just beat the living shit out of UC Irvine. So
1: this team is better. They went on like an eight-minute stretch where Oregon had zero points against Irvine. That's the least and concerning. And still beat them by they, nineteen. Right, then they like, made their next nineteen right. shots straight, so I could push right. my under one twenty-seven. I mean, yeah, but they when they, well, they, you can't score against Irvine for eight minutes or whatever, it was the last minute and a half of the first half, and then the next. Seven it was the minutes first the five minutes
0: half. of the second half, really.
1: Right, it, it, like, that's that was concerning the, uh, to me. I, it's going to be hard to score against Virginia. If you can't what are you score talking about? Virginia lost the first half to Gardner fucking Webb. Okay. That's because Gardner so, Webb I mean, was I mean, six for to... eight or seven for nine from three. I mean, I, Oregon I'm just could saying, do it. like, I'm just saying if you go scoreless against UC Irvine that long, you see, Irvine think there's a, a good defense, Cheetah. They're one of the elite defensive teams. Right? Granted, you just, they you just said they were a bunch defense and made fun of them, and I was just pointing out. Well, they did hold Oregon to zero for a eight for a five
0: of the forty
1: minutes Right, held, in the they end they of the first great. half. It was it was it was like thirty five twenty three, and then it was thirty seven thirty five. I believe that was the run over that case, and they let right. Irvine get back in and, and they pulled they away. Sh- it's fine. I just don't think Oregon's offense is that good, and now you're going up against the you know top three. I think they're third or fourth in defensive efficiency, and you're coming off a game where Kyle Guy, by the way, went zero for 11 or 0 for 10 from three so it feels like he's going to probably drop like seven or eight three balls uh, i like virginia a little as you can tell i'm rooting for him but i i think it's a different i'm gonna beast, force you onto a virginia bet than, than irvine no i'm not going. i have the re i have the readout, so i need him to win
0: yeah you're just you're basically sitting on a plus plus money money line anyway so why would you touch the game um, who's your? You still sticking with your final four here, Cheetah? Who's your final four coming out uh, of all this? Well,
1: my final four was was Wofford in or Auburn. I kind of did a mix of those two, so uh-huh. I'll stick with Auburn. I remember rooting for them. I'm not going to back off of them now. Hopefully, they make some threes. But yeah, other than that, I had Virginia, Duke, and uh, Gonzaga, Chucky, and I think that was just you know it's a season to, to go with Chuck.
0: I'm still sitting on Texas Tech. I'm still sitting on Duke. Uh, looking for Oregon to cash that plus two thousand prop, and then uh, I'm with you on Auburn. I hope Auburn gets through this bracket because uh, North Carolina is pretty chalky. So, that'll, If you did miss somewhere in the final four, an Auburn upset over North Carolina should get you right uh, in all those True. bracket pools. Yeah. Rob, who's your final four?
2: Yeah, no doubt. Um, I've got Michigan State, Gonzaga, Virginia, Auburn.
0: Michigan State, Gonzaga, Virginia, Auburn. All right, so you'll have Auburn left after Gonzaga loses, Michigan State loses, <laughs> and Virginia loses.
2: <laughs> I don't understand how you think Virginia loses. I mean, I've got the future, so I'm biased, and I'm holding on to it. But Because
0: I think Virginia sucks. Me and Sheeta, the, the only time if, you hear me they're and They're literally fight, better not the team that in every that I
2: position.
1: Seen. There is not a single position Oregon is better than the person they are going up against. Virginia listen, is very good. Listen, I don't know why I have... you don't like them.
0: I have me the only times you hear me and Cheetah fight are whenever Virginia or Gonzaga come up.
1: The best shooter in the entire country, who shoots forty-seven percent from three on seven and a half attempts a game, went zero for eleven from three against Oklahoma, and they still covered.
0: Oklahoma was coming off shooting about a hundred five percent in their prior <laughs> game. They were extremely bad matchup for Virginia. Everyone knows that. Actually, Oregon's a fairly bad yeah, they're matchup. They're not a great matchup either. This yeah. it's isn't, yeah. Or, this is not, I would love a much better team. I would love a Florida State. I would love a Texas Tech. But obviously, they just suck Virginia's dick. So they just hand them a bunch of shitheads uh, like they tried to do uh, a couple years ago. And Virginia will just find a way to fuck it up. I don't think their pace is conducive to going deep in tournaments. I, I, ju- I just don't like Virginia as a team. And I've been betting against them in NCAA tournaments for years. And it works every time. So, for me, I'm a system guy. I just follow what works for me in the past. (laughs) Gonzaga's going to choke. Virginia's going to choke. Tennessee's going to choke. And we're going to be sitting here next week going, well, Virginia shouldn't have lost, but they shot one for six. Whatever it is, they're going to do it. Guy's going to do something. They're going to fuck it up again. If Kyle guy goes
1: 0 for 11 from three, then, yeah, I probably would like Oregon, too. But it's just not very likely. I mean, he, he probably
0: will. Whatever it takes to lose... Once you get to this point in the tournament, they will find a way to do it. They are the, they are the New York Jets, New York Mets of the NCAA tournament. That's what's going to happen. Keep in mind. I love all
2: these narrative arguments we're getting right now. Yeah,
0: dude, I'm a nar- I've said it from the beginning of the tournament. I'm a narrative guy on Virginia, and I'm a narrative guy on Gonzaga. Don't give me analytics and data because I agree with you. They're better at positions. They're better defensively. They're bigger. They're faster. They're stronger. But they're just going to lose. So, And if they don't? I'm going to get my fucking ass lit on fire on Twitter. If we see Virginia and Gonzaga in the final four, and it'll be the <laughs> at the sports cheetah doing all the lighting of the match. So that's right. I'm excited for that moment. So uh, anything else you guys wanted to cover here? Anything props or anything that, that you're seeing?
1: Uh, no, I don't have anything else to be honest. Uh, I had that under eleven and a half that's just rolling. And I'm pretty sure that's the only other thing outside of some region and futures bets. I have.
0: Yeah. I'm not doing many props for this round. Uh, I'll put some stuff in the Guru Elite article. Um, had a couple props in the first round. Had the 9, nine to 16 seeds to win a game over 7.5, Cheetah. That's what it was. That seemed like free money. So we hit that. Oh, nice, Most points dude. by a player o- over 32.5. We did five units on that. That was my biggest bet of the whole tournament. Um, that hit right away with Windler, And then margin of victory, 38.5. Gonzaga won by 38. Highest score by one team over 97.5. Oklahoma had 93 with 330 left and finished under the number. So I ended up splitting those props uh, for the tournament. But anyway, here's one.
2: Have either of you guys done any of the uh, Sweet 16 reset brackets? I've got two pools I'm getting in. No, uh, I didn't. Today I got into them. (laughs) I Uh, actually, my brackets are still
0: good, so I haven't. (laughs) What do you need, Rob?
2: No, I'm just I'm resetting. So I'm doing a brand new bracket based off. whatever i was going to say, whatever you need to
1: sleep at night. Yeah, go ahead (laughs) (laughs) and refresh.
2: See, for
0: me, I usually do those when my bracket gets just the shit beat out of it. So I'm actually still sitting pretty good in my original bracket. So I'll jump in some uh, some little mini Calcutta's and some survivor pools and shit like that. But but nothing else there. So Cheetah, thank you again for making time. I know you're a busy man uh finished recording your show and jumped right on here with us uh tell them where to find you and where to follow you uh if they don't know already which they should
1: sure yeah espn we do the show daily wager on espn news 6 to 7 eastern and then i've been writing doing game recaps and and kind of breakdowns for every game on the site have a baseball preview with baseball it's starting up uh thursday has some my season win totals and a few futures i've bet there and uh yeah i appreciate you guys having me on as usual
0: Oh, it was great, and uh, Mr. Alcoholic. Anything you want to pump before you leave?
2: I got two things. My MLB betting guide is coming out tomorrow. Uh, my DMs are full. Uh, we'll be betting baseball in there all season long. Me, the dream, Frankie Brank, uh, we'll all be in there. Um, other than that,
0: um, I'm out. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Finally, that's what you got to do: bring the kids for the intro and the outro to get you creative. Well, uh, yeah, make sure you get over to Garouli twenty four ninety seven for the gambling package right now. Uh, it does not include MLB regular season, but it does still include the spring training. MLB Dream has been slaughtering it. it. Includes literally everything else. It is the biggest joke of a package. And Preston, who's located in Vegas and was a part of this for a long time, can tell you it is a disgrace at the pricing we're charging. When there are scam outists out there charging five hundred dollars a pick, but for twenty four ninety seven seven day pass, NBA, NCAA, AAF football, NHL, PGA, MMA, monkey knife fight, twenty four hour chat room, which is worth it alone, and spring training baseball, you can't beat it. And uh, the MLB betting package will be live uh, as of tomorrow, which will be me, Frank Brank, Rob, and MLB Dream, which we are going to destroy. So without further ado, I am going to exit this podcast. Thank you, Sports Cheetah, for coming on. Follow him on Twitter, at Sports Cheetah. Fuck you, Rob, for coming on at The Alcoholic. Hopefully your little son didn't hear me sitting on your lap. And I am Tommy G. Good luck. Stay cashing, motherfuckers. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man
2: face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, ain't no mercy, ain't ain't, ain't no mercy. Huh.